Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. It is so this, didn't I just feed you principle of feeding yourself first too? Because when you feel satisfied by like whatever you're able to eat at breakfast and lunch, then it kind of doesn't matter if you have to do like buttered noodles for dinner and satisfy everyone else. Cause that's also like an element here, right? Is that yes, we are often in charge of like cooking dinner, but we're also carrying the mental load of like everybody's preferences and what's available and what the food budget is. Um, So I like this idea of taking the pressure off dinner to be the one source of your mojo, magic, and energy. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. We're back from our break and talking about getting our cooking mojo back today. Woo! Woo! Before we get into the episode, we have some announcements. Now through the end of February, we're going to be running our annual listener survey. You can participate by going to didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash survey because we're super creative. (laughs) And all you have to do is answer some questions about didn't I just feed you, what you want more of, what you want less of, topics you want covered. We promise it's short. Um, We're going to also share the link to the survey in our community. If you're already a member there on social, maybe you follow us on Instagram. But we really want as many of you as possible to chime in because we're making some shifts and adjustments now that we're well rested. We're ready to make sure that we tweak our content so you guys get exactly what you need and want. Weird segue, but speaking of community, we have one. <laughs> Didn't I just feed you.com backslash community is where you can sign up for our free message boards or sign up for recipe archive access or get two extra episodes of Didn't I Just Feed You every month. Those extra episodes are also now available via iTunes or Apple podcast subscriptions if that's how you subscribe. And if you subscribe via Apple podcasts, you get the same exact bonus episodes every month that the people in our community do for the same price. So you don't have to sign up in both places, guys. 
You can either choose to get the bonus episodes through Apple Podcasts, or you can join our community. And the benefit of that is that you also get that free message board. And also there are some other goodies, like we have different tiers of our community. So if you want the bonus episodes and the recipe archive, that's an option. So it's worth taking a look. But if you're just like, you know, ladies, give me the bonus content. But uh, yeah, like (laughs) give me the episodes and I got to move on like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It's enough. I'm not going to go anywhere else. That's why we started the Apple podcast subscriptions, because we know some of you feel that way and we get it. And we just want to give as many people as possible access to us. Yes, yes, we do. And. I think it's helpful to know that whether you subscribe via our community on our website and through Kajabi or you subscribe via Apple Podcasts, you're still supporting Didn't I Just Feed You? And we say this a lot, but you can also support us just by following, by listening, by sharing this episode with a friend or also leaving a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love those ratings and reviews. Me too. I love them. Even when they're so critical. It just makes me happy to hear what people have to say. It does. In that forum. Okay. Mojo. What do you mean, Megan? What's our, what's cooking mojo? Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. I literally am such a nerd and like looked up the definition of mojo. Cause I was like, is it really mojo? Cause sometimes I think of mojo as like magic. And I was also like, is it cooking magic? But I think here we're talking a little bit, and maybe it is both things about more the energy of cooking, because for some people is cooking ever magic? Like is feeding the slog of feeding your family ever really super rewarding the way that it is to us? Totally. So by definition, it is a magic or a magic charm, a talisman, maybe a spell. It is a magic power, which I <laughs> have been reading a lot of magical realism over the break. Like there Ooh. are many stories of like witches and scribes. And I kind of love that. Like if cooking mojo is my witchy power, I'm here for that. I love it. It's also kind of sexy. I'm just going to say it. Okay. I'll take Cooking it. Cooking mojo. Like someone who has magic in the kitchen can feed people and make them happy with delicious food. Isn't that kind of, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. Is that how you think of mojo? And also how is your cooking mojo currently? I guess I think of mojo as a little bit less magical and more like energy. When I think of having good cooking mojo, I think of being in a place where I'm not like, oh, Or like, give me the bag salad and the chicken nuggets. Not that there's absolutely anything wrong with that. In fact, that can be totally delicious. And that can be something that you do when you have good cooking mojo. But just like the idea of like, just give me anything. Let me just throw something together. And I'm tired thinking about it. And I'm tired doing it. That to me is when I'm lacking cooking mojo. And because I may cook, having cooking mojo means being inspired and like, It's not that I'm excited to get in the kitchen when I have to cook dinner for the kids because I'm still tired and it's been a long day and whatever. It just doesn't feel like as much of a slog. And I also find myself wanting to get in the kitchen in other times during the day because I'm like, oh, that sounds delicious. I just want to try that. And I feel like I have the energy for it. But what I want to be careful of in this episode is 
assuming that that is what cooking mojo means for everybody, because I think that what represents good cooking mojo for us speaks to people who already like to cook. Yes. And I want to make sure we are helpful to people who (laughs) just don't like to cook. It's never going to be magic for them. It's never going to be magic, but they still have to do it. Right. No, I agree with you and I'm here for that. And I think the ideas we'll both bring will, because you're saying for you, it's really energy. And I'm saying, oh, it's some of that like inspiration and energy too. So some magic. So I think we'll both be able to speak to that. But you didn't answer. How is your cooking mojo currently? Because I think that informs some of the conversation too. I do. So this is great. I'm glad you asked that because my cooking mojo is really good right now. And I'll talk about why as we go through tips. But one of the biggest reasons is time. Yes. And because we had the month off and time is such a privilege. And I just want to be very aware that there are ways that we can recommend people create more time and space so that they can get more excited about cooking again. But they all come with privilege because you you're paying for a meal kit or delivery, or you're not a single parent household with small kids and you either have older kids or a partner or other people you live with, but you can say, Hey, you know what? Like you need to help me out. Like you're on dinner duty on, or you cook for yourself, teenager on Tuesday and Thursday. You know, these are different ways to create time and space. If you can't take a month off, which, oh my God, I can't believe we were so lucky to be able to do that. So, you know, I do want to throw out that I think creating time and space is really important, but, you know, that's just not something that's available to everybody. Yeah. So we're going to have to dig deeper than that, which is fine. I have other. I have ideas too. And I feel like maybe (laughs) I have ideas that speak to those people who don't have the privilege and support or that there's enough ideas here that can be like you can take some of it and leave the rest behind. Can we take a step back for one second too? Just, I want to say that I, I do, because we're going to jump into the specifics of cooking, but I do think that like so many things with parenting and responsibility and adulting is that the things that work are the things that really suit your personality Mm -hmm. and ways of approaching adulting that really suit the way your mind works, the way your life works, your lifestyle, they can be applicable across all different realms, across like time management, how you fit in exercise, how you parent, how you cook, right? So even though we're going to talk about cooking specific tips, I do think that taking a minute, if you're really in a rough place with your food and your cooking and feeding, and you want to figure out how to get your mojo back, Take a step back and think about in general, what works for you? You know, are you someone who you're like, I just have to get organized. Like, I can't deal with these messy closets anymore. Like, I'm going to take everything out. I'm going to organize everything. I'm going to go to the container store. That's something you know about yourself that will work then in the kitchen. Then you might want to meal prep. You might want to reset your kitchen space, you know, et cetera. If you're someone who, you know, gets creative, juices flowing when they have time and space and rest and it has nothing to do with organization 
then meal planning and resetting your kitchen space is probably not what's going to help you get your cooking mojo back. Not at all. It's going to get you gay. Yeah. You're going to be pissed. You're like, why am I spending my free time doing this? Yes. You're going to look at cookbooks and you're going to take a night off and you're going to forgive yourself for, you know, grabbing drive through so that you can just take a break and like feel relaxed and rested. So stop and think about hit the pause button right now. But seriously, like in some ways, stop and think about what kind of person you are and what helps you get your mojo back in other areas. And that will be the lens through which you listen to all of our tips and decide which ones you want to try and which ones you don't. There's so many ways we could organize this information too. Like we could have done a whole one based on like your star or your sun sign or (laughs) the Enneagram or like your personality type. But the other thing is, and this may not be true for you. Maybe there's certain things that always work for you, but in different seasons of parenting and different seasons of cooking, like whatever cooking style I had going on or what the world at large was like, like remember in COVID where you weren't sure if you could get certain ingredients and like, maybe that was the thing that was going to unlock some mojo for you. And you had to be flexible with that. Different things have worked for me at different times. And I really came into this idea thinking it's you, you hit on the like idea of time. One, it is a big privilege, but time is a really big factor here. And sometimes when my mojo is busted, time can mean two different things. Like time as in, I need a break. I need to actively be not cooking in order to like have some energy back to cook in the future, or I need time, like more time in the kitchen to look at cookbooks, to do some fun and frivolous baking, to make a big pot of soup or something else that like makes the house perfumed to just it's time, but like on different spectrums, needing a break or needing inspiration. The same is really true of me. And I will say though, on one end of the spectrum where I really need to take time off, That often doesn't help me get my mojo back. It just helps calibrate me when I'm really, really exhausted. But then I come back feeling capable, but not magical. For me, when I have time to go in the kitchen and start cooking more, that's when I, because I'm someone who likes to cook, that's when I start to feel the mad. That's when I really spark. That's when I really get excited. And over this break, I made a shift that helped me get my cooking mojo back that also adds another layer where I was cooking just for me. So we can get to that when we get to that. Yeah, I mean, we're here. What does that mean? It's time to get to it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I shared this on my personal Instagram that I feel like just in this moment, guys, like it could change next week, especially now that we're back at work, right? But I feel like I have family dinners going. And a huge part of why I feel like I have family dinners on lock right now is also because family dinners feel so much more relaxed. We're still in basketball season. So both boys have practices on different nights. And I just feel like, you know, it's hard to get all four of us around the table right now. And at the beginning of basketball season, I'm very thoughtful about what will be warm and what and what will I not feel too tired that I can eat and I can feed Oliver and then Isaac will come in later and I'll make his plate. And by the end of basketball season, I'm like, 
you guys, here's the bread is over there. The like pasta's <laughs> over there. Your like, plate's in the microwave. Do what you need to do. Yes. Like if you eat it cold, you eat it cold. But, you know, like I'm done. I did it. There's food available to you and that's it. So dinners feel like they're on lock. I was having more time to not rush, which is like, that is my big one. That's what kills my mojo most is not even just not having enough time. It's feeling rushed in whatever time I have. And I was like, oh my gosh, my lunches aren't completely rushed. I had gotten to the point where my average lunch was a handful of nut thins, a scoop of hummus, and the string cheese. Two string cheeses usually, actually. Or some cottage cheese. All healthy things, but A, like not enough. And then I was like hungry and not knowing how to snack before dinner and then kind of crabby. And like, then it just became like a cascade of like, oh, I want something and I don't know what I want. Nothing in here satisfying. And then just, you know, when you just like start eating stuff, you're like, mm, oh, yeah, berries. that's oh, how you eat like 60 good. olives oh, for dinner. On <laughs> totally. Totally. So I was like, I need to get my lunch under control. Like, that's what I want. I want to do high protein. Like I've been really experimenting. People who've listened for a long time know that because of my PCOS, I've experimented with all different low carb things. And I have realized that certain carbs make me more tired than others during the day. Like rice is no bueno for me. Cereal, ask me how I know, because yes, I've eaten cereal for lunch. Makes me crash. But a nice slice of whole wheat sourdough does not make me crash. So I was like, I'm going to like that satisfies me. It gives me food joy. It keeps me from feeling resentful. Like I'm restricting myself. So like, what are all the millions of things I can put on toast? And I just started experimenting baked by Melissa on TikTok is like my new favorite. She puts like everything on tortilla chips and I'm like, great. You do tortilla chips. I do everything on toast, but all different salads. And then I was like, oh, this is pretty great. Now let me meal prep. So then I committed to an hour and a half of meal prepping, just lunch stuff for me. I cooked a big thing of quinoa. I wrote, I air fried a bunch of pineapple. I air fried some sweet potatoes. And then I had all of these. I did a, made a chickpea salad. I air fried some chicken breasts and just having all this nourishing, delicious food that made me feel like every day I could open the fridge and I take a little more time. I didn't have to rush, but it doesn't take a ton of time to make a lunch that feels varied, interesting, exciting. I got a bunch of different sauces, some Calabrian chili, some sriracha, like sriracha. I made a little thing of sriracha mayo. I just felt like this is so exciting. It also made dinners easier. It also kept me full longer and feeling my like energy was much better. And I was like, oh, this is paying off and that sparks the magic. Then I get excited about like cooking dinner again. And because like food and cooking is working for me, I'm feeling good in my body. I'm feeling like it's exciting to open my fridge and like it all just starts rolling in a positive direction. It is so this, didn't I just feed you principle of feeding yourself first too? Because yes. when you feel satisfied by like whatever you're able to eat at breakfast and lunch, then it kind of doesn't matter if you have to do like buttered noodles for dinner. Totally. And satisfy everyone else. Cause that's also like an element here, right? Is the that yes, we are often in charge of like 
cooking dinner, but we're also carrying the mental load of like everybody's preferences and what's available and what the food budget is. Um, so I like this idea of taking the pressure off dinner to be the one source of your mojo, magic and energy. Totally. And I think of you as being really good at breakfasts and lunches for yourself. Yes. Lunch is my favorite meal of the day because I mostly get to eat it alone. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Now it's mine too. I hope I can keep it up. And it is the time where I eat the things that I want to eat the most and can make it Mm -hmm. special. But, you know, my friend Patty, who's been a guest on the show before, she was saying lunch is hard for her because it's another place that she has to make a decision. And I was like, what if you just like meal prepped, like you said, like a green salad and you just have that like green salad every day in a couple of different variations or make like a bean salad and have it one day with tortilla chips or one day like smashed on toast and just give yourself less decisions to fewer decisions to make during the week. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. I feel like uh, I also bought a bunch of pre-shredded cabbage, pre-shredded Brussels sprouts from the supermarket, pre-washed spinach, pre-washed romaine, That way, like making a big, like having a bunch of veggies that I could pile on toast or put into a big salad or a big warm grain bowl just became easier. It took out a lot of the prep, but like gave me all these variables to play with. But that's what excited me. I mean, that seems like it might overwhelm Patty. Yeah, that's why I was like, what if you just did one thing that was like just for your lunches? What? So it's not overwhelming. I do have to admit, and then I want to hear about your cooking mojo. That baked by Melissa, as I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that, like, something on TikTok totally inspired me. But social media content had been so underwhelming and boring to me for so many months before we went on break. I don't know if I was just burnt out or what. And it still kind of is. But there was just something about finding her. You pointed me to her because she was I saw that green goddess dressing or salad. That went viral. Oh, yeah. Or her like baked salad, too, which was a big thing. Right. Yeah. Or was that just snacks? I might be. No, that's just snacks. What I also really love now. Right. But like finding a couple of new people on social media. And what I like about Baked by Melissa is that she's really making lunch things almost every single day. So I feel like there's a constant source of inspiration there. I can keep going back to her account every few days and it feels like there's something new. And then I'm embarrassed to say, <laughs> this is really embarrassing. Why? I feel like I'm really laying myself bare here that Bethany Frankel, and I don't want to talk about her like as a person. Why can we not? I like, want to so badly. <laughs> so I think I must follow her. I don't follow a lot of people on TikTok because I find that like, if you just engage with the content, it keeps coming up. And I kind of like where TikTok takes me without like following a bunch of people. So I get a lot of Bethany Frankel's content. What does that mean about me? We don't have to talk about it. And one day she mostly does makeup stuff. But one day she did a quick lunch and I was like, it just sparked a whole bunch of new ideas. She made a spicy tuna salad using canned tuna. So just mayo, sriracha, a little bit of soy sauce, a little sesame oil. And then she took big pieces of seaweed, but you can take seaweed snacks. Tostitos avocado dip. 
Okay. Which I bought for the first time ever because I've always thought anything in a jar that's avocado based is going to be not gonna like be good. not for me. Yeah. It's creamy and it's very jalapeno-y. It's spicy. So it kind of reminds me of like a spicy tuna roll or like, you know, how sometimes like yellowtail comes mm-hmm. with uh, jalapeno. So I'll just sometimes take seaweed snacks, a little leftover rice, put spicy tuna salad with some cucumber in this avocado Tostitos dip, and it is delicious. That sounds like something Emmett, my resident sushi lover, would also enjoy yeah. too. So, like, it's funny because you're making it for your lunch, for your satisfaction, and I'm like, oh, actually, that might be like a good family option. Yeah, yeah. totally. But it's just finding a couple of new ideas or a couple of new creators who actually inspire you. I don't know. That's really like helpful too, but that's easier said than done. I kind of stumbled upon that. Right. And that's like a, that's a different sort of like time suck. If you're setting aside like 30 minutes to scroll on social or even like go to the library and get new cookbooks or go flip through or borrow cookbooks. Okay. Before we get into more tips specifics, I want to know how your cooking mojo is and tell me like what happened? Where did it come from? Okay. My cooking mojo is very nice right now. I don't know. That's like just the best way to describe it. I think it's a combination of time off because it felt like I was cooking just for fun and like whatever fancied me, fancied me, whatever I fancied, whatever I'm trying to say. And then I feel like baking for Ella's birthday, which is at the beginning of January, is always like a big catalyst for me because she'll pick something weird or wild or she might even pick something ordinary and I just can't help but be extra. So like, (laughs) I love it. You know, I love extra. And you went extra this year. Whoa, so bad. Like that's what happens when I have time on my So amazing. We made just like a basic vanilla cake. But then we saw these crystal candies on TikTok where you (laughs) use agar agar, which is like a vegan gelatin substitute. It's made from seaweed is my understanding of it. Mm -hmm. And you like cook it with sugar and then you set it with a little bit of coloring in it and you can add flavoring and then it air dries. And so it becomes, you cut it into pieces and then it air dries for like several days. So it becomes like crunchy on the outside. and, And then it's like jammy jelly on the inside, which is very, very cool. But then it was like, if you give a mouse a cookie if you give a mom a a cake and then I was like (laughs) oh there's leftover egg whites from making the cake so we should make meringue mushrooms and then I was like if we have mushrooms and crystals then obviously we need edible moss which is like this recipe (laughs) so it's just like going completely extra but also I've added trying to remake my kids favorite treats And keep our cookie jar filled to my like low key mom goals. Like I'll be very transparent that this week I haven't gotten to that. So we have Oreos in the cookie jar and that's fine with me. But I am planning to try to recreate the Little Bites mini muffins, which I know we both have beef with and do like a cosmic brownie, but cookie form. So it's like easier to portion. And I think we'll share both of those recipes when I unlock them with our Didn't I Just Feed You recipe subscribers too. So like it's yeah. fun work and it doesn't, it doesn't do anything towards like my dinner cooking mojo. But for some reason I feel it's like, 
your lunch thing. It satisfies totally. me in an inspirational way. Totally. And then I'm like, fine, I'll make buttered pasta for dinner. But also I haven't felt like making buttered pasta for dinner. I felt very inspired to like try new recipes. Like Ella had enchiladas at a friend's house. And so she's like, can you make enchiladas? And I was like, oh, I've been waiting for this day. Guess I will make you enchiladas. Yeah. It's a little counterintuitive, but people who really do love to cook and really, you know, before you had kids, if you were someone who explored new things or you went to a restaurant and you tried mole for the first time, or maybe for the 15th time. And you were like, "Mm, I really want to try to make this at home. Give you that person. Sometimes it's counterintuitive. I feel like cooking more, like it builds on itself. It does. If you're cooking what you like to cook, then cooking dinner doesn't feel like a slog. Part of the slog is that you're like, it's been six weeks and all I've done is scrap together dinner night after night after night. And like, it's not even that great. Like, you know, between the holidays, I felt like, do you ever have these moments where you're like, am I even a good cook anymore? Like, I don't like once because a you're making. Yeah. Yes. Like you're making these dinners that you're just like, this is like average AF, which no, like, I mean this to no offense to anyone who's listening, but we're actually professionals. Like besides sitting and talking behind the mic, like we cook for a living. So to make weeks upon weeks of just like average, whatever dinners, it gets a little, you're like, it is a mojo killer for sure that and also complaining the complaints from the eaters (laughs) i'm like okay well i'll just well i'll just never cook again i quit i'm throwing in the towel (laughs) i'm done i'm done i don't get complaints i don't get complaints okay what about the like uneaten like oh cool i'll just have a bowl of cereal instead Yeah. Yeah. That bugs me. I mean, both of my boys actually will eat their dinner, but like, like a smaller portion. And then instead of three post dinner things, they'll eat like six post dinner things (laughs) because they'll kind of like push it around and take five bites and then be like, now I need cereal. Now I need yogurt. Now I need ice cream. Now I need, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. There's something here, though, where we're both like in very we're both in similar seasons, even though our kids are different ages. They're each sort of independent and like have their own tastes and they're generally respectful about dinner. We have partners who can step in in some capacity and ease any of our cooking fatigue. I think we should take a real quick break and then come back and do brass tacks, which is my favorite. 2024 is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinnertime overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter ButcherBox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm be gone. 
ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. So Megan, I feel like part of what we were talking about, like if we just want to get down to brass tacks is recipes, right? So on the one hand, if you're someone who like to cook, I think maybe looking for recipes that really spark joy for you. And that might mean even looking for more complicated recipes, whether you love to bake and you haven't had a chance or like that dinner that you're like, oh, cassoulet, I've always wanted to make cassoulet do it. Like, just do it. Figure it out. If the kids eat cereal that night, who cares? Do it and see how it feels for you. If it comes out well, if it sparks some joy for you and gets your mojo back. On the other hand, if you're someone who doesn't like to cook and really never has, and you don't expect to ever, how can you give yourself a break? Especially if you just don't have, you know, a partner who can step in and help, or it's really difficult for you to create time and space. I think just looking for a whole bunch of back pocket three to five ingredient recipes can be really helpful too. like find a way to take the pressure off to like just ease up on the gas a little bit. Can we before we dive into recipe ideas, can we talk like very plainly about if cooking fatigue is just like you don't like cooking, you just have cooking fatigue. What are some practical ways to take breaks like you mentioned already doing takeout or doing drive through? 
one thing that has worked for me in the past is to do a meal kit, which is still cooking, but the decision fatigue is less. And like someone already has the recipe and the ingredients are already prepped for me. And that also meal kits in the past have helped my husband step in and cook meals. I think at the age my kids are, I might be able to do a meal kit and have one of them cook from that as well. I like this idea. I've never done it, which is like trading cooking duties with someone else, whether you like go to a friend or neighbor's house or you each agree to like cook one meal and split it up and take the leftovers over to them so that you're getting a night off and they're also getting a night off. Casseroles make that really easy. Yes. And I was going to say that and the idea of like cooking once or eating twice. We have a whole episode with Cassie Joy Garcia about her book on the subject, but really you could do that with any thing your family loves. Like if you love roast chicken, like roast two chickens. And then the next night the chicken is like shredded and pulled into tacos. So you're cooking less in general. I also have a few tips, but they're not related to thinking about food or cooking. They're related to thinking about the kids. Okay. And just thinking about what is happening when you walk through the door and it's time to make dinner. Or when you shift into, okay, now I need to dinner prep if you're already home. What are the kids doing? What are the pain points that are making it feel like a slog? Part of it just might be the fact that you have to do it in the first place. Yes. Okay, fine. (laughs) Let's put that aside. That is real. That is very real. But are the kids tugging at your apron strings? Is there just no vibe and you feel like you're like alone while your partner or your kids are off having fun or doing something and you're in the kitchen feeling like, oh, like this is my duty and I have to do this. So if you have a babysitter or someone who helps you care for your kids, can they stay longer? Can you ask a partner to get home from work a little early? Probably not that practical a suggestion, but it's just something like to help spark how to think about this. Can you just let the kids watch TV? Like maybe you made a rule for yourself that you're like no TV during the week or no video games during the week. Everything's a season. We promise like my mine are 13 and 16. Things keep changing. (laughs) Like we keep needing to adjust. If you let them do that, that doesn't mean it has to be forever. Let them watch an hour of television while you're prepping dinner so that instead of feeling like you have to get dinner on the table in 25 minutes, you have 45 minutes and you can just breathe. Make a cup of tea turn on some music, like get some vibes going. So also think about the circumstances under which you're cooking and see if you can make adjustments that will help you spark a little bit of joy in this task. I love that so much. And actually it works for if you need a break or you need inspiration in your cooking. Cause sometimes Mm -hmm. that like extra layer of like, oh, I'm going to have a playlist that matches the recipes that I'm going to cook tonight. And like, I have a special wine or drink or tea or whatever that's going to go with dinner. It just adds this like other layer of excitement. And it's sort of like what we experience when we go out to restaurants and we're inspired too, is like the ambiance of the whole thing. I'm also going to advocate for if you do have kids pulling at your apron strings, throwing a snack at them, maybe you cut up some veggies during your meal prep, or maybe you're able to do it right after school and like give them a snack so that they're not crazy hungry and like constantly annoying you in the kitchen. And also maybe for yourself too, if you're feeling grumpy about cooking dinner, maybe yes. you need <laughs> you're hungry. 10 to 20 olives before you go. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's thinking about recipe and circumstance. Yes. So you mentioned minimal ingredient recipe ideas. Yeah. I was going to say one thing I reach for when my cooking mojo is busted and I need a break is something like a one pot pasta. There are tons, right? I really love this, this Philly cheesesteak pasta. That's from my friend Patty. It's a one, one of those one pot pastas and it has like so much flavor, but it's just as easy as the other ones. I was also going to shout out doing like some easy button things like breakfast for dinner. We do our Dutch baby recipe pretty regularly. When I say our, I mean, our, didn't I just feed you one? Doing yo- like yo-yo dinners, which I kind of want to talk about this. We have a whole episode about the, of the idea of like you're on your own dinners and your boys are like a great age for like completely hands off. Like you guys just fend for yourself, but my kids need a little bit of more, like hands-on coaching. So I have things like the ingredients to make our tuna melts, which is easy enough for Ella to do on her own or things like ramen, which Emmett can cook with some assistance in the microwave on hand for those nights when I like just cannot. So some of this is actually just thinking about like what ingredients you have on hand so that when you are fatigued, you can have a break too. I'm so glad you mentioned ingredients because ingredients is a huge source of inspiration for me. Before this episode, you were, you texted saying, bring some recipes so that we can talk specifically about like what inspired you. And the truth is part of getting my mojo back really is tied to this meal prep I was doing and to getting some new ingredients, even that like weird Tostitos avocado dip. I was like, (laughs) that's calling it weird. You like it. You're just surprised you like it. It's weird that I like it. Right. I'm surprised. That's the better word. But just having something new And then being like, oh, how else am I going to use this? I'm making these spicy tuna wraps and seaweed for lunch. But now I can use this in a different way, like uh, as a taco spread. Okay, let's do like carnitas. So I love going to the international food store because of where I live. You know, in New York City, going places and especially going places, if you think you're going to get a big grocery haul can be a little bit challenging. We don't just get in our cars and go and then park in parking lots. So that relates to the time thing, Mm -hmm. like having time to go to Trader Joe's and deal with the lines, having time to go to H Mart. But that was a big source of inspiration, being able to do different kinds of grocery shopping than I usually do. Like my regular, just like weekly, like here's the list. Come on, Fresh Direct, let's do it. Like same thing over and over. Okay, but that is a hidden gem tip too, which is if you don't have time to like make the special run to Trader Joe's and H Mart, can you go inside the store to grocery shop instead of just doing your default pickup? Yes. And can you even just have like 15 to 30 extra minutes to look around the store and not just do your rote, like, oh, I get the bag of mini peppers. I get the cucumbers. Like maybe there's kohlrabi or maybe there's like collard greens that look really good. And now you're going to figure out how to cook those things. And also like that can be a surprising way to save money too. Totally. Spices, getting some new spices, a lot of really amazing spice purveyors online now. Spiceology, Burlap and Barrel, Diaspora. We're even just going to Trader Joe's. They're always putting out new spice mixes. <laughs> it feels like that's like half of their business now. But just just getting some new ingredients to liven things up. 
Okay, I'm going to shout out Beautiful Briny Sea. They make seasoned salts that I really like. And those are fun for when I'm going to make sort of like a basic dinner, but I can finish my portion with a little bit of like their salts and that have a little more kick to them or like have dried orange peel added to them. But you have a salt that you were recently obsessed with too. Yeah, it's very weird. What? Everything's weird to me today. (laughs) Jennifer Fisher is a jewelry designer whose jewelry I love. But also she started a salt line. I know it doesn't add up, but her she makes a spicy salt, a universal salt, which has, you know, parsley, lemon peel and a bunch of other things. So the universal salt's really good for just zhuzhing up something basic. Like it's great for making tomato soup, which I did the other day. The spicy salt is I literally need to keep some in my purse. I love it so much. And then she also makes a curry salt. That's really good. I just haven't found a way to work it into my repertoire as much. And I also recently went to a Japanese grocery store and bought some yuzu salt that the kids have been using a lot too. So really even as simple as a flavored salt can just get you a little bit excited. You know, I've started eating so many more raw vegetables as a snack because of this spicy salt. Because instead of them feeling boring, I'm like, oh, I get to try to eat my spicy salt. It's weird, but true. I want to shout out making your own too. If a budget is a concern, if you have kosher salt and you have a lemon and a lemon zester, you can make lemon salt. If you have dried herbs already in your pantry, you can whiz those together with some salt. I mean, you can make a lot of your own seasoning blends too. I'm not trying to put more work on it, but you know, it's a reminder that there's either a time cost or a financial cost. And right now I know financial cost is also a big factor for a lot of people. It's a good way to use up a lot of spices that you may have purchased for a particular recipe or something that feels a little bit like out of your repertoire that you don't know what else to do with. Maybe you bought some great turmeric or a masala spice blend And it's just been sitting there, throw it into a salt and then just use it to lightly flavor things. Yes. I also, this, I don't know if this falls anywhere in the like taking a break or needing inspiration, but one of the weeks of break, we had a ton of leftovers and I was also trying to eat down our freezer at the same time because it's just like that time of year where I try to do those things. And that was actually super inspiring to be like, okay, what can I cook? from what's already like in my fridge and freezer with buying very minimal ingredients. Like I was able to save a lot of money on groceries that week. And at the end I had maybe not the satisfaction of like cooking a super flavorful meal, but the satisfaction of like having an almost empty fridge, like everything's eaten down and like freezer space again. So I could try new ingredients and stick them in the freezer or do like a Trader Joe's trip and fill up my freezer. So that's just another way to think about inspiration and like, is it just challenging yourself with a new recipe or is it challenging you to use what you have? Okay. So speaking of challenging yourself, I was this whole time I've been like, am I going to bring it up? Am I going to bring it up? Oh gosh. Okay. I do think one of the things that consistently helps get me my mojo back, if it's been gone for a while, is something that I'm going to call a mindset shift. And I'm going to I don't know. I guess maybe I'll put a little trigger warning here because in the past, the mindset shift has often been around diet culture, even if I wasn't aware of it, but it doesn't have to be. So that's why I want to bring it up because it can be 
just like a whole new approach to cooking is really what I mean. The mindset is the like the vibes and the lighting and creating space for yourself, but actually like trying to pick up a whole new approach to the way that you cook. So, you know, I was saying that for my lunches, thinking about high protein, high veg content and not eliminating anything, but like, how can I just get my protein up? Um, also because I've been working out a lot more and actually I had a really crazy experience where I'm like, is the protein thing a little BS? But I'm going <laughs> to try it. But I had a really, really hard workout where I actually squatted to fatigue where like by the end of my third set, I was doing weighted squats and I was like really pushing hard to my limit. And like I, I was doing sets of eight and on the sixth squat on the third set, I went down and I could not get my ass up. Oh, gosh. Literally. Yeah. So I was fatigued. So, you know, when you work to fatigue like that, or when I have worked to fatigue like that, I walk out of the gym, I can already start to feel the soreness kick in. And I like foam roll and I'm like, oh my God. And then the next day I live in a house with a lot of steps. It's usually painful to sit on the toilet, painful to walk up and down the stairs. And do you know that I had a completely different experience? And I texted my trainer and I was like, this is so weird. I should be hurting. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm sore, but I'm nowhere near as sore. And she wrote back and she was like, it's all that protein you're eating. Literally, that's why I tell you to eat protein. It's good for recovery. Like, I'm not worried about like your weight or your body composition or your macros. Like, we're not there. That's not what you're interested in. But you needed more protein just to recover from how you were pushing yourself. It was so strange. But then like having that in my mind, I was like, okay, what has more protein? How can I swap out what I'm eating for things that have more protein? Okay, instead of like eating this, I'll eat beans. Instead of having that, like, how can I eat more meat? Let me prep some chicken, you know, but it could also be being curious about a new cuisine. Maybe you've always eaten a certain cuisine out at a restaurant and you've never cooked it at home, being like, you know what? I'm going to try cooking Thai food. Grab all the ingredients and commit to it and just try a whole new approach to your cooking. You know, I know it's harder when we're cooking for kids. It can be hard to just do that. But this does circle back to, is there, if you think that will work for you, is there a way that you can implement this suggestion like on a smaller scale? Because doing something for yourself is really important. Yeah. It's also, though, if thinking of it as just for yourself is hard, this way of thinking what you're describing is changing the goal. So if yes. you are in a yeah. season where you're like, my only goal is to get food on the table that three out of four people will eat, because that's sometimes a metric for me, right? Like if three of the four of us eat that dinner, that was a win. But maybe it's like a, a a shift in the goal being I'm going to put a colorful meal on the table every night this week, or I'm going to put a fun dinner on the table every night. This totally. Week. Or like the, the challenge, like I'm going to have cheap meals all of this week. And that's going to allow me to like have the fun meal out at the end of the week. Yes. So there's totally. lots of different cooking goals for the season that you're in. And maybe you're stuck in the mindset of like, oh, I have to cook dinner every night. And it just has to be like, you know, checking these sort of 
vague nutritional guidelines. Is there a vegetable? Is there protein? Is there carb? But like maybe just change the goal and see what that unlocks for you and for your family. You know what we're doing? We're gamifying cooking in a way. (laughs) I love it. It's true. So and when I got my master's degree in cognitive development in the context of education, we talked about gamifying a lot because there's so much research that says that kids, which is what I was concerned with at the time, but I think it's humans that if you can make a game out of something, it becomes so much more engaging right off the bat. And then there's all this theory about how to make the game challenging so that it's fun, but not too challenging that people give up. Right. Like, it's got to be satisfying this fine line. Right. There's this fine line. So it's almost like making a game like I'm going to make colorful dinners or I'm going to make one like home cooked Chinese meal every single week for a month. And I'm going to pick up at the library walk by, you know, J. Kenji Lopez Alt. And like, just do it. That can sometimes spark a little bit of joy and bring back a little bit of mojo. Because at least it gets you thinking. It's like, it's like a good challenge. Right. And also, I think it's good. You know, I hate to fall into the like New Year stuff. Because we're here we are. We're still at the beginning of a new year. But there is something to like taking time to take stock of like, well, what is your goal? What, and are you meeting it? Or like, do you need to change the goal for the season? To just taking that time to reevaluate, like, why you are cooking from scratch every night. I say from scratch, but like, why you're cooking in any capacity every night? Because certainly there are people who they live on takeout and that's, that's it. And that satisfies them. So like, what are the goals? Okay. So do you think we hit on all the places where we get inspiration from? Uh, There's one last one for me. Okay. So here's what we talked about. We talked about thinking about your recipes and that can be going more simple or more complicated or just picking ones just for you. We've talked about ingredients, like how can ingredients start to spark some interest and creativity? We talked about a new approach or kind of gamifying, setting some new goals around why you're cooking and what you're cooking so that you just have like an interesting new challenge to take on. We've talked about vibes and setting and dealing with the kids. I don't think we talked about something that is definitely not going to work for everybody, but I have to throw it out there because it works for me. Just organizing. Like, yeah, you did did a little bit mention that. Yes. Do you need to get back to meal prep? Do you need to get to back to meal planning? Will that help you? Again, that's about creating a little time and space so that you're able to do it. Do you need to reorganize your kitchen? What's really not working for you? Because a lot of times it's the recipes. Other times it's that your kitchen is not organized in a way that works for you and it is frustrating to cook or your knives aren't sharp. And every time you grab the knife, you're like, it's frustrating to cook like that. Or you don't have enough light in your kitchen. Maybe you have a light bulb out or maybe you need like a little counter lamp or a little task light in there. Or just to zhuzh your kitchen, like to hang a new picture. So you feel excited to be in there. Yeah. Yes. So reset the kitchen, sharpen your knives, get rid of tools that aren't working for you that are cluttering your drawer. Maybe if you want to splurge and you have the resources, get a new tool. You haven't gotten an air fryer yet? I don't know. Get one. Go into Craigslist. See if you can get a used one from a neighbor or borrow one and see if you need it. Just like something to just organize, reset, and see if you can like 
feel better in your cooking space? I've been thrifting a lot over the break, like both for Mm -hmm. clothes for myself and for the kids. And there's always like so much fun cookware. Like there was a whole brand new coffee pot with all the parts and pieces at the most recent thrift shop I was in. And I was like, that could be a thing that would totally spark joy. Totally. So just in, and then a new tool could be just like a microplane. I mean, it doesn't also have to be fancy. We have an episode about tools, don't we? We do. We do. And we have one about things that make us feel fancy in our kitchen too. Although that one is a subscription, I believe. Well, then then people can subscribe. I feel like this is in a similar vein of like the organization, maybe not, or like organization ingredient, buying a new tool, et cetera, is like having a new hobby, a cooking hobby is sometimes inspirational. Like if you've been always dreaming of having a sourdough starter and you can do that, or like you want to start sprouting grains and cooking with those or like <laughs> making it. kombucha or uh, making your own barrel and aging whiskey. <laughs> oh my God. My barrel's still in water. Oh, okay. I have to go deal with my barrel as soon as Did you make that? Okay. Stacy over the break, Stacy took a uh, like whiskey tasting and barrel making class and she made a barrel and now she's going to age her own whiskey bourbon. Okay, can I tell you an annoying thing about my husband? I was like, barrel making, and it's called coopering. And he's like, yeah, I knew that. I was like, what? I did not know know that. that? Like, it's just annoying. It's called, he's like, yes, that's why Cooper is such a common American name. Like, someone with the last name Cooper probably comes from, like, someone who at one point in their family was a barrel maker. Yeah, and they were like. Barrel making was a very important industry. Cooper. He was the Cooper. Cooper. Yes. He was the Cooper. So Sean Cooper then became, they became the Coopers. And now your last name is Cooper. Anyway, I was like, why do you know things like this? We would both be cooks or something. Be like yeah. Megan Cook yeah. and Stacy Cook or something. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Carrying on. A new cooking hobby is another nice inspiration. I also, yes. I think this is in the vein of like, oh, you've always wanted to make mole sauce or whatever. But like, a little opposite, which is if you have like a favorite recipe that's kind of fussy that you want, and it can be as simple as like a pot roast that you like normally would only make for a special occasion, but you make it just for like the weeknight. I love Jamie Oliver's, I think it's called chicken and milk. You like braise a whole yeah, chicken and is. probably mm-hmm. you have one in winter, winter chicken dinner. I don't because that recipe is very famous. It's like the one. That everyone just one. reiterates over yes, and over. it's all totally. copied and paste. Okay. So that's like yeah. a fun, like it's very hands-off. It actually doesn't involve a ton of time, but it's not something like I think to make every week. And so it's fun to do it. And then you get that like benefit of the house smells amazing and you feel so like accomplished and satisfied too. I'm trying to think of, oh, recently I have been back into like making popovers Which are like not actually that much time and energy. They take about 30 minutes in the oven, depending on your popover pan. But it's like been really fun to revisit them and do like different flavors and do them for like breakfast or as a side to the soup or to that chicken. So just revisiting old favorites, I think, is another way to get inspiration. Yeah. And you know what you're making me realize? I did say before, my my family really doesn't complain about food and they, for the most part, like eat almost everything. But I recently made, over break, holiday break, I made a big batch of Cuban-style picadillo and plantains in the air fryer. 
and collard greens. And I really didn't think that the kids were going to like the collard greens. But from upstate, I had gotten some like from the farm smoked ham hocks. And I just was craving collard greens. And they loved it. And it did make me, you know, you're making me remember that when everybody loves the dinner, that's pretty exciting. It's the opposite of the complaining that kills your mojo. You're like bolstered by it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is great. And then also I can make this every week, but it's really good. Right. So everybody's pretty happy to eat it, including me. And everybody is excited and everyone eats everything on their plate. So even thinking about like how you compose a meal, like if there's a side that everybody likes and a meal, maybe compose one meal that you know is going to knock it out of the park and make that one night when you just need the boost. And if it works, add it to the menu plan weekly. Yes. Okay. In the vein of bolstering your ego, which I love ego. I don't think it's a bad thing (laughs) uh, to get your mojo back hosting people we have one neighbor who like i can make the most basic chocolate chip cookies and he's like oh my god megan this is the best chocolate chip cookie i've ever tasted in my life meanwhile my family's like oh yeah chocolate chip cookies mom makes them every week she's doing it again so maybe you have that (laughs) friend that you can invite over or maybe you just have other people who you can invite to your table if that's something that actually like inspires you or revives you it's very helpful to have other people who don't eat your cooking all the time tell yes. you how fun and wonderful it is. Because it probably is. If you're listening to Didn't I Just Feed You, you care a little bit. Yeah, totally. So, Megan, did we hit Did we hit it on that? I'm sure there's stuff. There's always stuff. And our listeners group is always. sure to tell us what we missed in the, in the kindest way. <laughs> That's right. So let's take it there. Let's take it to our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community. We hope that you guys have joined us there. If not, you can join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Or if you want those other bonus episodes, goodies, you can join our supporting community. You go to the same place. So when you get there, there's an option to just join the free community. That's where the message board is. And we're there all the time. We were there even over break. Yes, there's some good threads from break too. There really are. Or you can pick your community membership level. And again, there's access to recipes. And we're going to be revamping that soon, you guys, in a very exciting way, especially if you love a good meal plan and bonus episodes and all that. I feel like you just gave away so much. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, be sure to visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash survey and take our annual listeners survey. It's very helpful to us. It's also a great place where you can give feedback and you can tell us what you need more of from us. I think our what we're cooking and eating now episodes came out of people just last year on the survey being like, that's our favorite thing. That's our favorite thing. And we're like, okay, let's do it twice a month instead. Follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. We're also on TikTok, but TBD about what that looks like. But if that's where you find us, we'd love to have you. Keep in touch. We're going to try, guys. We're going to try. Yes. We're late. We're yes. late to the party, but you know, but we bring good food. So a huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Getzik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. 